0: Hello everyone, this is Sala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you so much for joining me tonight and as always I want to express my gratitude at all the support and the sharing that you guys do. Uh, You guys have been awesome, awesome is the best way to describe it. Very supportive, so thank you for your support. I'm always grateful for that. Always. All right, getting to business Um today. We are talking an, about parenting, but specifically, the topic is: Are we parenting for convenience or are we parenting for quality? And there are two different things, and sometimes it gets a little fuzzy or blurry what that really means. So I'm going to explain that today for you. This episode is something that can help you even if you're not a parent because it's good to understand your past it's healthy for us to understand our past to be able to connect it to the behaviors and the beliefs that we have today that may be service or may not serve us so it's it's always good work going to the past if we can do it thoughtfully if we can do it peacefully why not uh Also, if you're a parent, this is a good idea to do a lot of preventative care. I'm a fan of preventative type of therapy that can help eliminate or reduce the interesting, colorful disorders that we later have in adulthood. Uh, We want to have the quality of life and to learn from an early age is a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. So you as parents have a huge job. Huge job. And uh I wanna remind you of that. It is a, a significant job. It's you are guiding another human being. We're not controlling them. We're not uh telling them uh that I'm better than them. What we're are doing is that we are here to guide them. We are here to guide them. And that's what really it's about. Uh children are Little souls that do not really choose to come to this earth, we have a relationship with someone or sometimes not, and we uh, become pregnant and have a baby. The child has no say in it, (laughs) but yet, unfortunately, uh, we do blame them a lot for some stuff, and during this week I've heard, and in the past working with patients, I've heard multiple comments about how children have held this person back from doing what they wanted to do and in fact it isn't the children it is a lot of other things but it's not the children and in that blame shifting the parent is not taking responsibility for the how they feel they don't mean to do it you guys when when I talk about these things we don't mean to do it consciously we are doing it most of the time unconsciously or subconsciously and it's still having the impact So when we become aware, now we have power over it. We don't have to keep that behavior continuing. Okay, so the point of today's topic is also to help us reflect on what messages are we sending our children subconsciously, right? What what messages, whether even consciously, are they spoken or unspoken messages that we don't want to send or that we do want to send? And this will help us reevaluate how how we do some things in parenting that many people actually think it's normal. Many people think, oh, it's not a big deal. But it's those little things that I'm going to discuss today that is like, oh, you know, later on as an adult, I hear a lot of adults have a problem with it. You know, they they they, they don't interpret it kindly or gently. Uh, very rarely do I hear a nice positive interpretation of the stuff I'm about to tell you today. But again, that's how we're taught and... Uh, we teach it to our children. (laughs) That's how we're parented and we parent our children the same way. So let's catch those little things and see if you have them. If you don't, well, this this is not for you. (laughs) But if you do, wonderful. Then it's good to take responsibility without the shame and just keep going and fixing it and getting every day better. That's the point of this. I don't need you to shame yourself. I just need you to move forward. Ask yourself what's next and let's just get it. Let's just do it. Let's just get it done and do it. All right. The first thing I want you to think about when it comes to whether you convenience or you do it with quality, do I speak to children how I want others to speak to them? Ask yourself that. A lot of the times we yell, and again, it's for convenience. I want you to hear me now, so I yell. The child's brain is growing at such an immense rate, especially when they're babies, actually, more so when they're babies, and we get so irate... (laughs) When the child does not respond right now and process the information right now, they're overstimulated. If we were to actually grow the amount of neurons that they're growing in their brain at the rapid rate that they're doing it in, we would have seizures. So sometimes we ask the child to pay attention to process information now and quickly and pay attention to me. They're growing. They're overstimulated. They need to be. Uh, stimulated, so they can grow and they can do the job that they're supposed to do. Okay, so a lot of the times we are in Walmart <laughs> or at home, and the child is not listening, and so we start yelling, we start screaming, we raise our voice, we will do funny things to get the attention of the child instead of being patient. <laughs> like the last thing we want to do is be patient. It's it's too much work. I've already told you plenty of times. I told you already. How many times do I have to tell you? You ask really silly questions, parents. How many times do I have to tell you? Well, forever. You're gonna have to tell me over and over again, (laughs) for a long time, a long time. My processing is not that great, Mom. I'm still learning a lot of things. So, and you want me to really make you priority and what you tell me priority when I'm taking in this whole new world to me, whole new world to me. So, excuse me, Mom, when I don't think you're priority or Dad, (laughs) when I don't think you're priority. So, okay. And sometimes we take that personally and we end up reacting on that. Keep very clear communication with the child. Wait, wait, work on your patience. I don't need you to work on them obeying you. I need you to work on your patience as a parent. You're the adult. You're the one with more experience under your belt. I want you to work on your patience so this way you're not screaming. Screaming is just, again, another inconvenience. It's another inconvenience to a child. But it's a convenience to you. And it's not, you won't like it. And sometimes we speak to them rudely because I am older than you. And many parents, I ask them, when you talk to your child that way, would you like another adult to talk to your child that way? And a lot of times the parent will tell me no. And that's a good answer. Because in a lot, we, we bully quite a bit. We're a bully. <laughs> a lot of our parenting styles for convenience sounds like a bully. Do this. Do that. It's command. Do this. Do that. Uh, you better do it now on my time. It's, uh, it's urgent. It's like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of messages. You know, that, that are, are, that we're sending all over the place when it comes to that. And the kid then goes to school and he's talked to that way sometimes by other adults. And it's okay. It's fine. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be talked to that way. Uh, because I did something wrong. I guess you, I can be disrespected when I do something wrong. <laughs> That's, I have to, I have to pr- perform respect for, for respect. I have to perform for it. <laughs> It's not, it's not like something that I can talk to you and then you talk to me back with respect. It, no, no, no. I'm teaching you to yell and scream until you, you get what I'm trying to tell you <laughs> or acquiesce to it or cooperate with it, whatever. It's, it's rough. It's really rough. Again, how you talk to your children is going to determine how they're talked to later and what they allow, what they allow. So if I'm a bully to my kid, a lot of the times, uh, And what I mean by bully is I'm not really allowing them to think and feel for themselves. Like that I'm, I'm not, I don't really care about their opinion. I tell, I give them commands, like I said. So it's, it's pretty harsh. It's not useful. Even if it's not loud, it still has that tone of I know better than you because I'm an adult and you don't know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow, (laughs) but they do. They do. When it comes to themselves, they actually know their gauge and we want to teach them to know what's going on with their gauge and what's good for them and what's not good for them. So do I speak to my children how I want others to speak to them? Do I want them to be okay with somebody yelling at them and screaming at them without saying, you know what? No, I don't deserve that. I'm not worthy of that. No, I didn't do anything wrong (laughs) or, you know what I mean? So, and they will, they'll go to school and they'll hear staff members that, uh, tell them you know you've been bad you've been and and it's again a form of the way they were parented and how they dealt with children and not all of course and all teachers are that way or staff but that it does happen it does happen and you just want to be aware you want to be aware of what you think it's is okay in the household is it okay to talk about things about talk them out is a child's opinion important to you are they allowed to have one that is different from mine And that may be inconvenient for me, period. Are they allowed to have one? Um, So yeah, really important. Really important. Okay, I hope that was clear. Our next point here is do we use punishment instead of natural consequences? What I mean by that is I don't care. And I've actually said this in, in the ego parenting episode. I don't care what anybody says. If you're punishing or disciplining from a place of anger, you're overdoing it. <laughs> it's, it's too much. The way to cure that situation is to think of the natural consequence. So for example, if my son throws those little metal cars at me small little metal cars the hot wheels at my face ouch they hurt and he's still he's laughing he thinks this is funny and i'm like no it's it's not funny it might have a bruise on my eye and it's um it's not working out and so the natural consequence if he throws it again is and if he's not listening to that or he's just not processing whatever whatever's going on with him i'm not holding it i'm not trying to judge him on this one i just take the cars away and usually I just have to take him one time and he's very, uh, understanding. Once I take him that one time and he just kind of like whines, like, nah, give it back. Basically tell me, give it back to me. I give it back to him and, and he doesn't do it again. <laughs> so children don't need that much to get the point. You just kind of show them it's a natural consequence. You know, you throw a car. I'll just take the car from you so you don't throw it. And so when you get the car back, then you understand the responsibility of not throwing that car you know, it's trusting the kiddo will learn naturally from the natural consequence rather than us trying to force an abstract concept of, uh, you know, that will lead to your, your offense (laughs) being offended by the, by the kid because he's disrespecting you. And it's, it's not the case. He's not out there to get you. It's really not personal. He's just, experimenting with life and you happen to be in the way of that car so you're gonna get it <laughs> again he's allowed to do that what I'm allowed to do is just take the car I don't have to yell at him screaming at him don't throw don't throw it hurts and he's like well, I don't really care I just take the, the cars and he learns to the responsibility of not throwing the car when I give it to him back because he knows I'll take it so I don't have to yell and scream and nonsense. I just speak to him and, and and communicate to him easily. That's how easy it is. So if you have to scream and yell and 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 really get take it personal, you're you're and you're punishing for simple things like that instead of teaching. It takes a lot for me to not. <laughs> be angry when he throws the car like the second time or the third time at my face. I have to work that it on it that it's not, it's not personal here. He's just, he's a kid. He's experimenting. He's a kid. He's a baby. He's, they're not predictable. (laughs) So I'm okay with that today. I don't have to get offended and lose my mind. I just do the natural consequence. So keep your mind, uh, in a place where I want to teach him with quality. I don't want to teach him with it for my own convenience, which would be punishing. Let me just go, go punish. You know, go sit over there in the corner and like, and you better sit and not look back. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to talk to you. Go to your room, whatever. All fancy ways of just me not controlling my own emotions and taking it out on him. Call it what you call it. Call it what you call it. You can go ahead and lie to yourself, but it's still punishing from a place of anger. It's not teaching. It's not quality. It's punishment from a place of anger, from a place of anger. So please be careful. Please be aware of how you're doing this. Um, it's, it, it's just not resulting in anything good. Okay. Over, overall long term. My next point is, uh, and I have these all like, it sounds like in questions. So my next question that I'm, po- I'm posing to you is, do I blame my children when I need a break? Are they an excuse for me to become stressed? Am I using them as the excuse for my stress or am I using them for the excuse to relax and be present and enjoy life? Oh boy. This is, um, this is a very big one here. Actually, all of them are pretty prominent in stressed out parents, burnt out parents and you'll know you're burnt out because your emotions now are causing you to become irritable quickly. Children require you to be emotionally available, and when you are not even emotionally available on the inside, when your mind is not quiet and you're full of noise and you're full of and you can't take care of yourself, you can't take responsibility of your emotions, you're going to make them take responsibility for your emotions by saying silly stuff like, you know, um, uh, you guys stress me out. You guys stress me out. You you don't clean the dishes when I ask you to clean or throw out the trash when I ask you to throw it out. And, you know, it's, and and then we start guilting them. You know, I've been working all day and I work for you guys and I've been doing this for you, for you, for you. Well, I didn't ask you to bring me into this world, mom or dad, please calm down with your, with your bad self. You know, it's, I have to say it that way because it's so prominent in our parenting that we say we need a break and that, children are stressful and we and it's like a prison and we're doing time in San quentin with no possibility of parole <laughs> oh hell no i don't think i need you to go there i don't need i don't need you to go there when it comes to the babies keep it to where you are taking responsibility for your own self-care you know we don't want to explode finally and tell them you need to you guys need to give me a break no they don't they don't need to give you a damn thing Close to a break. What you need to do is give yourself a break. Give yourself a break so they don't have to be adjusting your adult emotions to care for your adult emotions, to make that a priority in their life. We're asking a kid to take responsibility for an adult's emotions. Inappropriate. You know how I feel about it. Inappropriate. Not good. Later on, that kid will resent you. He'll be a nice little people pleaser. And they won't get their needs met too much. And eventually, they're not going to like it and I'm not going to like it. This functional. So let's not do it. Let's not do it. Uh, I need them to be the excuse for you to relax, to enjoy life, to reprioritize what's important to you. That's what they need to be the excuse for. Not the excuse for, I need to pull my hair out. I can't get ready in the morning because I don't have time. I can't do this because I don't have time. The kids never give me enough time. Ah! No, no, stop, stop. We don't need none of that. Get honest with yourself, and you'll like... Parenting, you'll enjoy it a lot more. Our next point is our question. Do I allow them to make mistakes safely or do I go to shaming as a way to correct them? This is really important, really important question. Again, it shows us what's convenient for us to do as parents is to go to shaming. You've been wrong. You've been bad. Um, didn't I tell you already? Didn't I tell you already? This is what you get okay, just really fabulous stuff that people come up with. And uh, it's shaming. It's so, sh- it's just shaming. I don't even want to tell you. And later on, you'll find that the same, the same kid who's an adult now, self-corrects that way. They're very self-shaming and self-guilting because that's how they were parented. I think there's a huge connection, you guys. I think there's a huge connection. That's how they learned it. That's our first teacher. How you talk to me really does matter. And if you shame me, When I make a mistake, instead of taking the time to show me, taking the time to be patient and tolerant with me and showing me that I am worthy by the way you treat me, by the way you're tolerant of me, you're showing me that I'm worthy, which later in adulthood I can use that. That's something I can use. But when you shame me to correct me, I'll keep correcting myself that way and eventually that's just called depression, anxiety. It's terrible, terrible to live with. These thinking patterns are terrible to live with. It's immobile because shaming, that's what it does. is immobile. You stay in shaming. There's no healing that comes after it. It's like, I shouldn't have done that. I was no good. I shouldn't have done And people stay right there. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. But then, then what's the solution, friends? If I'm shaming myself, what comes next? Usually nothing. I'm still in the shame. I'm still in the guilt. It's hard to get out of it. So let's not teach them that's the way to get things done. Shaming myself is not the way to get things done. So correct them gently. It takes time. It takes more time and quality for you. It's not convenience. I know that as a parent. It is not convenience to correct our baby's mistakes safely, to correct them without shaming them. We want them to be able to make mistakes and take risks as much as they can in life so they can grow and expand And we want them to do it safely, without their self shaming, because eventually they're going to have that fear of failure, the fear of being wrong, the fear of not taking a risk anymore, and that's immobile, my friends. It makes them emotionally and sometimes physically immobile, immobile. So let's not go that to that neighborhood. We don't. We want to get out quickly. The next question I am going to pose for you is: Check yourself if you are imposing. Fears, your fears or anxiety and worry on the child? Are you imposing them when you are parenting? Do I watch what's coming out of my mouth? So, in this case, what I'm trying to say is out of convenience, a lot of parents will. Uh, impose their own fears their own beliefs instead of them resolving it and working on that being their beliefs and their fears and them taking ownership of that no 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 I'll just go ahead and tell you it is very common that if you grow up in a family that are warriors right that they they worry a lot and they do it out loud they complain about the world they always find the one thing that's wrong and they just complain about it like it's not good enough it's never good enough Usually that kid will hear all that growing up and that becomes part of their reality. That really does. They think this is real. And later on, uh, the, your fears as a parent and your anxiety and your worry and your will be, will be coming out of their mouth like it's theirs. And a lot of the times when I work with children in the schools, uh, kids will tell me the darnest things. They'll tell me things like, uh, whether their grades are going to be good enough. They worry about whether the grades are going to be good enough for college, for example. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, you're in third grade. What's, what, what what are you talking about? (laughs) What are are we talking about here? And, and it's just an anxiety and worry about the family or the adult. And they're teaching them that you need to worry about grades instead of just doing them. Why can't we just do, do the work for the grades without having to worry about them? Do, do we have to worry? Does that make us more accountable and responsible if we worry about something? Isn't that a little extreme, parents? Me included? Uh, isn't that a little extreme when we say you, you need to, you need to worry about it? Cause if you don't worry about it, then the opposite would be, we go straight to the opposite. It's, it's just so much dualism there. Straight to the opposite of, I don't, I don't want to be irresponsible when I don't worry. Who said there's nothing in between, you know, where it's like, I acknowledge the work I have to do. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about bills to pay them. I don't have to worry about uh, tasks to complete them. I don't have to do all that. And when we complain out loud and the parent is rushing everywhere and they're making the kids rush and it's like, it's their fears and they're like, we gotta go, we gotta go. The kid is reporting that to me when I get to school. Like he's telling me I'm in a rush. Things were just really uh, hectic in the morning. I'm like, you've, 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 you're 12. What, what could, what possibly could be hectic, right? So it's not, of course, their fears. It's definitely something is being said out loud. P- parents are worrying out loud. They're verbalizing their fears out loud, like they're real. We're not teaching how to live with ease that things get done with ease and satisfaction lives in those situations a lot more than dissatisfaction. And we want kiddos to learn about being satisfied, not seeing the glass half full or half empty. Excuse me. So I hope that makes sense. Your worry and your fear as a parent is yours. Please be careful what you impose on your children. I even know of some uh, adults later on that uh, don't do certain things. They're very adamant. Like I know, uh, an older, um, mid middle aged female that does not drive in the highway. She will refuse to drive in the highway. And the reason why she doesn't drive in the highway is because her mom always said that people die in the highway. So just do just drive around in the just residential areas. And it's <laughs> the, as a, as a kid growing up, uh, she heard this and it was, constant hammered in by the parent and the parent never took responsibility for their fear as it just being there is not everybody else's and that's what we do sometimes as parent, out of convenience out of convenience not out of quality quality asks me to think about is this my fear? Let me take responsibility for it. Let me close, shut my mouth when I'm trying to rush kids in the morning and just let me do it in a different way. Maybe I need to wake up a little early and take responsibility. So I'm not blaming people around me, causing chaos that is mine. And I'm just imposing it on my children. So just be thoughtful, be mindful of the quality you're producing. It takes time to do your self-evaluation, to do your work, and to, to differentiate between who you are and what your fears are and what your worries are and how, how your self talk is and even the talk that you say out loud consistently take responsibility for all that um so you're not releasing it unconsciously to send a different message for kids because i'm telling you when i go to the schools and i'm working with kiddos they're they're verbalizing stuff I'm like what are you like where did you get that from it's insane it's and it's not it's not a a real worry it's not a real fear you know anyways I hope I hammered enough of that in there the final point I want to make for this uh, episode is do children have to perform for love or is it conditional in that family So I kind of talked a little bit about that in probably in prior episodes, but this is a really uh, good one to always consistently talk about. Does this child really feel unconditional love? Do they feel the need to perform? Meaning that if I make mistakes or if I don't do something right, will I be loved less? Am I getting the message that I'm loved less or is it unconditional? Unconditional. And this is a pretty important one because that one is one of those that lasts for life, for a lifetime, when your primary caregiver loves you with conditions. (laughs) It's probably the most damaging, probably the most damaging out of all the ones I just explained. It creates a high-level codependency in us. And really, just self-defeating talk, feelings of being less than, I have to make people happy. Get reassurance from people because my own opinions are not to be trusted. So is it convenient for us when we make them do stuff and for our own pleasure, make them adjust and adjust and adjust so we can get comfortable as parents? Is that, that's convenient for us. That's convenient for us in parenting. It would be more of quality if we do the love unconditionally, go, come from that place of unconditional love you do no wrong in my eyes kid i can correct you from that place i can guide you from that place i can use your internal substance from that place instead of saying that my whatever substance i got is much more important than you for you um i i'm really in denial because he has his he or she little child has their own gauge their own ability to make their own decisions and we sometimes take that away from them uh, so we want them to be able to not perform for us not adjust and keep adjusting, and keep compromising so they can make me, the adult, happy. I'm not more important than they are. I want to teach them they are just important, as important and worthy and they have an opinion and they have feelings and they have a right to resist and they have a right to have an opinion and we can come to terms with that rather than fight each other and me being a bully because I'm older than you, I can dominate you, if not physically, I can dominate you by grounding you, or by shaming you, or by guilting you, or removing love from you, so I can punish you, right, so let's stay away from parenting like that, kids don't need to perform, they're not in a circus, and um, I don't need them to think that I, I'm only loved when I am a performer, when I do things for other people, that's how I get my value, I don't want them to learn that lesson, unconditional love means unconditional and I don't have to lose my mind and get so darn angry and make them take responsibility for my anger my wildness my anxiety I don't want them to take responsibility for that I want to own mine today so thank you so much you guys for joining me parenting again you guys is is such an important task seeing and hearing what I hear and what I see all day long Consistently the same themes. And so I'm collecting them for you in this episode. It's just only some. There's much, much more, but these are some of the themes that continue to pop up that we can prevent. We can really prevent. And when you're doing all this stuff that's at first requires you to stop and think about and evaluate how you do stuff and Watch how your patience comes across and your tolerance of your child comes across. Although it's inconvenient at first, it really eventually long-term, you'll feel good about your own parenting. You won't come back home and say, or after the event or whatever you do that you don't like yourself for when it comes to your children and say, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. I, I, I have to live with that regret. And it's eventually just makes you more irritable. I want you, I want us to be emotionally available to our children. And by having emotional availability, my mind needs to be clean of shame and guilt. It needs to be clean of irritability. And how do we do that? By becoming self-aware, by processing and owning what we need to own, which is our emotions and our thoughts. So when I'm doing all that work, what my kid is not doing (laughs) is all that work for me. Or I'm thinking that they're doing all that work. They need to do that work for me. They don't need to please me they don't need to appease me they don't need to do any of that to get love i love them no matter what i love them no matter what and uh i i show that today i'm more aware of that today and uh it has helped me a lot keeping a clean house on the inside meaning my mind is clean and you know when i do say something in error or you know become irritable or react reactively all of that I don't go straight to shaming and guilting I learn from it I go I go to learn from it that's okay you know what I needed to check you know myself before I did that again and the next experience is going to be better so my thoughts are healing and they're emotionally mobile I can move forward I can do the next right thing instead of being stuck stuck in shaming. I'm no good. I'm no good. And then of course, when when my kiddo comes and talks to me, I'm irritable. I'm not emotionally available because I'm so stuck in my own shaming. Allow yourself the healing. When you heal and you're working and processing your own business, your own emotions, your own thoughts, it's also allowing the child free of the burden of trying to please you, free of the burden of trying to make you feel anything or taking responsibility for how you feel. And so you're free to feel whatever you like. Work on it and they're free from you. <laughs> it's lovely. It's a great relationship. All right. So I hope this was useful and, um, it has helped me quite a bit to check my gauge when I'm around my child. And today he's the reason for me to be relaxed, to be present and emotionally available for him and work on that consistently because I hear so many things that I'm like, Oh, I, I want to prevent that. I want to prevent that, but they all have the same themes self-awareness when a parent is not self-aware and they don't kind of process their past and their parenting skills it's it could cause a problem for the kiddo and later on becomes an adult who has to help himself resolve it so they can stop that cycle all right thank you so much for joining me tonight it's a wonderful wonderful experience when you get to have a child i want you to enjoy the hell out of it i don't want you to miss a thing yeah thank you again My name is Tala, and this has been an episode of Drive-Thru Therapy.